Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And today we are joined by Mr. Van Overmeer. Welcome to the program. Yes, thank you. And you got the name right. Good job. I was going, oh my God, get it right, get it right. So Rob, welcome to the program. And uh, what's kind of interesting today is, uh, you're going to be jealous when I tell you this, but uh, I was uh, visiting a friend yesterday and uh, I'm traveling these days. So I had my iPad where I normally do these recordings and I had successfully left it there. So it's like, okay, we're going to do it on the iPhone. And today I've been doing all my podcasts on the iPhone and we live in magical times. Like you can just one phone and you can do anything you want in the world, which is like just totally radical and magical. It is. It really is. It just gets better and better all the time, doesn't it? It does. And how does this impact your business? I've heard of some realtors that have literally done a FaceTime and just walked around the house and somebody in another country had said, I like it. I want to buy it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I just did that two nights ago. Um, I sold a condo here in Calgary. The uh, gentleman buying it is in Yellowknife. And uh, we did a FaceTime and he bought the condo. Love it. And you know what's really interesting is trust is such an, an important element in relationships and in business and when money is involved. And let's give you a good example. My, uh, my stepmom. It was like, I, she was British. I will never do business with a machine. I won't use those ATMs. I'll only use a teller. And she meant it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but now we trust, I can't get over that. Uh, let's say a crazy thing happened and you sent me over a large check. I can take a picture of it with my phone and my bank will go, okay. And they'll put that money in my account. So mm. how has trust changed, do you think, from when it was like belly to belly, uh, selling real estate to now you've got this technology and digital signatures. Is it the same level, level of trust? Has it gone up? Like, how has it changed if it has? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's, a, there's a few things that have changed with trust. Um, in Alberta, for example, in 1995, we, we, we implemented the Real Estate Council of Alberta, where the Alberta government turned over uh, the real estate as they made it a self-regulated industry. And the uh, RECA is the acronym for it. Um, they took over and, and more or less with regulating it, they made sure that the high standards of licensed agents are being adhered to. And they take serious action if, you're, if they get complaints and you're found guilty of infractions. I think that in itself has brought up the trust of licensed professionals in the industry. And, nice. uh, and, and so there's a comfort that, um, that people have when they're dealing with a licensed practitioner that you know, they're going to be, uh, they're, they're going to have fiduciary duties and responsibilities towards them that are expected, kind of similar to a relationship you'd have with a lawyer. And, um, and then the, the, the second thing I've noticed is um, in recent years is just using social media to get to know 
who you want to do business with before you reach out to them. When I started this industry 22 years ago, we more or less made contact with people through the telephone first, and we would build a relationship on the phone and then mm -hmm. go from it would go from there. Now we're getting people who want to follow us on social media and watch our videos and watch everything we do online. And then they reach out to you and go, yeah, I've been watching you for three months. We're ready to do business. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because uh, in some ways you can lie online very easily, but it's easily found out. And when people are following you for a while, they see your character, who's engaging with you. Like Google reviews uh, basically are the lifeblood of trust for a lot of realtors. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when someone sees, you know, 50 kick-ass amazing reviews, especially if you got a review that says, Rob was doing a deal, it went south, Rob came in, he saved the day, like he's our hero. I mean, if you just, you know, have a flawless uh, transaction, it's like, well, who the hell knows about Rob? But if something goes south and you step up, that's like, you know, one of the few people that, you know, steps up and makes it happen because you really don't know because everyone's talking about, I'm amazing, I'm going to be there for you. And most people are not. Yeah. And, and, it's, and I'm glad you brought that up because the other thing is people don't always know what we do. I think we, I think we tend to make it look easy. And so mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes I know we've been guilty of being accused of making a lot of money as real estate agents for not doing very much for it. And, um, you know, people don't necessarily understand some of the fires that we put out, how we sometimes save the day, and, and even the process of even bringing the buyer to the table. They have no idea what kind of a process that looks like. Absolutely. And what's kind of interesting is, you know, I do, a, right now I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, mm -hmm. and uh, next week I'm going to be in Canada. I was talking to a Canadian realtor today, and he says, you know, they've been encouraged to, you know, when it gets down to actually signing the documents and doing the deal, leave it to the lawyers, the realtors should step back. And they did a survey with all of his uh, customers that love him. And one of the things that uh, people complained about was, I trust you and I want you at the table when this stuff's happening because I would suspect that actually realtors are better able to handle when things go awry than lawyers because you know this is your lifeblood. Thoughts on that? Oh yeah, I um, I cringe every time you know there's a there's a potential problem. Sometimes you're dealing with another realtor, and the realtor says to me, "Well, let's just let the lawyers deal with that at the end." <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and you know that's just there's, there's no way you know that, that we're we're here to we're actually hired and we're here to solve these problems. Uh, when we get to the lawyer, the problems should already be solved. Absolutely, I think uh, nothing wrong with the legal profession, but sometimes you get lawyers. Uh, we'll go for the principle of the thing, or we need to fix this in this way. And sometimes realtors, if they're, you know, experienced and talented, it's like, what's the easiest way to get everybody what they want? Uh, sometimes it's a different lens at looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And, and um, quite frankly, that's, that's really what we do. Um, we, we, in putting in putting deals together, you're, you're trying to satisfy both ends of the transaction to meet, to be able to meet the, uh, the satisfaction of the seller and meet the satisfaction of the buyer. Um, it's not an easy process. Like I said, we oftentimes are guilty of making it look easy, but it's not, a, it's not an easy process. And uh, I can tell you, I've had over the years, I've had some real tough ones uh, that we eventually came together, but boy, it was a real challenge to, um, to get everybody on the same page. 
So let me put this in perspective. Uh, I saw this thing on TV once. I was just flipping by the channels and I went by one of the channels with an empty stage. So go click, 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 empty stage, click, click, click. I said, wait a minute, what the hell was that? So I click back to the empty stage and it was the Riverdance people when they were like really big years back. And then two tap dancers come up on this side of the stage and two tap dancers come on this side of the stage and they're looking at them like, you suck, no, you suck. And they do a, a tap off. They do a little tap routine they mimic it and then they do one better and they kind of do this escalating thing. And the interesting part was this, the people on this side of the stage, you went, oh my God, they are experts at doing this. And that is really hard to do. And the people on this side were much better than those guys. And they made it look easy and idiots like you and I, Rob would go, I think I could do that. (laughs) So when you get, when you master it, you make it look tough. When you go beyond that, you make it look effortless. And I think that's part of the thing, which when you get somebody that's really good at this, it makes it look easy. And like, why am I paying you anyway? The whole <laughs> thing went smooth. It's like, yeah, it went smooth because I did all these things in the background. So Rob, tell me about uh, uh, your team, your brokerage. Uh, what's happening there? My brokerage is uh, maybe a little bit different than a lot of brokerages. I've always been a little bit careful on who I've invited to be a part of our brokerage. I've, um, I've looked for people who are more like-minded I know there's some brokerages that bring in really anybody with a, light, a license. You have a pulse. You have a pulse. You can come in. You have a license. So you're, you're welcome to come in and we'll see what you can do. And, um, and I, uh, I, I just never felt that that was the right model for me anyway. I don't want to make it sound like that's a terrible model, but it's just the right, not the right model for me. So we've, um, we've brought in the right people. And I'm, I'm proud to say we, we, you know, we're, we're an office of uh, 53 agents, but but we're all uh, highly producing 53 agents. Like we don't nice. really, we don't really have anyone that's kind of straggling behind because uh, I've looked for people who are, who are committed to, um, to doing it the right way and putting the effort in. Are committed or should be committed? They are committed. Oh, good. But <laughs> they, they should not be committed. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we're just, um, I think, I think we're doing what the public would think brokerages should do for example you know we do we do two training meetings a week every single week and and we and we dive into what are the issues right now you know there's always something in real estate that's around the corner i mean after all these years i've done it it's amazing you know i just got an email the other day that uh, people are are, uh, hacking into your email account and they're uh, sending uh emails to change the wire transfer money to a different uh, address oh. and uh, and this is a, a new scam that we haven't seen before. And I thought oh, it's it's been happening here in the U.S. for a while. Really? Yeah. Like with Amazing. business, not just real estate transactions, but business transactions, and people have actually wired like uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, so yeah, you got to stay on top of it. So you've got mm-hmm. you know fifty three people. Yeah. I suspect that they still fall into this uh, group. Uh, you've got A players that walk on water that are just magical. Mm-hmm. Then you've got uh, B players that do a really good job. And then you've probably got some C players that, you know, are you're happy they're on the team, but you know they could be doing better. Would that be a fair statement? That, that's definitely a fair, a fair statement, yes. And the biggest chunk of people would be the B people, right? That just do <laughs> biggest, a good job. That's right. The biggest chunk of people are always your B people. And so I'm going to give you – oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was just going to say to you, there's um, – you know, I, I, but quite frankly, some people just – they have no desire to be anything but a B person either. Yeah. And they can have a really nice career and support the family and all that stuff. So here's a hypothesis I have, and I'd like to kind of get your, your thoughts on it. My hypothesis is 
that let's say the upper class of the B players and the A players, that their skill set is almost identical. The only difference is their mindset, how they approach what they're doing, that the B players with a little uh, tweak, like they, they know what they're doing. They just need to be bolder or believe in themselves more or just chill out a little bit. Uh, kind of thoughts on that. Do you think it's a mindset issue or do you think it's something else? Oh, you hit the hammer on the nail. It is 100% a mindset issue. Um, you know, it, it, it is everything that we create for ourselves. We think about it first. How we think is where we go. Yep. So, you know, in this, in this business, you know, there's, you know, it's amazing. There's, there's no shortage of business. When you look at our market, just to give you an example, there was uh, last month, just on our MLS alone, there was 2,200 transactions and there's always two agents in each transaction. So essentially there was, you know, 4,400 transactions that took place. So when you look at our business, if you, um, to be successful in this business, if you sold, you know, four houses in a month, that's a pretty successful month. So you only need four out of, out of 4,400, you know, just to be successful. So you can imagine if your mindset was a little bit different, you could take that to six or eight and, um, yeah. and then I'll, I'll, and the sky becomes the limit. So yesterday I was in a call with one of my salespeople and it was, uh, a university doing some research for us on uh, the market. And my salesperson said, you know, don't worry, you guys won't have to sell. We won't ask you to sell. And later on, I was just asking, you know, you're projecting your stuff onto those people. It's not a selling job. But uh, so anyway, it was kind of an interesting insight because we all have our, I heard this quote once, maybe I made it. You can attribute it to me. We all mm-hmm. suck at something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all have blessings and we're gifted in some areas and there's other areas we have weakness. And if the area of weakness is an area you don't care about, no harm, no foul. But if something you want to do and there's a weakness there, that is an area that I think we need to improve. And sometimes it's getting more training. Sometimes it's a different mindset. So a good example would be uh, looking at research on salespeople. Uh, There's a large percentage of salespeople that will bring a customer to the edge talk around the sale, but won't say, hey, Rob, are you ready to sign the check? Let's move forward. They won't be able to take that step because of whatever's going on here. Right. And people that ask get, and people that ask get an objection, and an objection is just another opportunity to help them say yes. So isn't that staggering? People are in that career and feel uncomfortable asking for the sale. I've, I have actually taken, uh, when I'm coaching and training mentors, um, I, I, I have gone on appointments with them, which is, you know, not too many brokers do that. And, and I've looked for what you just described. I've, I've, I've actually watched it firsthand where you could see that they're ready to sign a contract right now. And then the agent says those terrible words. Okay, well, I think you've got all the information. So, um, you know, why don't you just give us a call back tomorrow and let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it confuses them because they were, you know, they were thinking, oh, well, maybe I, I was prepared to sign, but I, I guess maybe we should think about this, you know? Um, so you, you just confuse them. They were, they, you, you, you actually brought self, self-doubt into the client yourself. Oh, so uh, that's, sorry, up here, that's up here. Yeah, that's up here. Absolutely. And this is my hypothesis, uh, Rob, that that salesperson got in the car with you and went, I think that went really well. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking to pull your hair right now. You were right there. And so I'll tell you something that uh, uh, 
is kind of super interesting is uh, uh, my wife passed away. That's not the interesting part four years ago. And for the first year, I did not have one day where, where I didn't get out of bed. I didn't feel depressed or unmotivated or sorry for myself for an entire year. And at the end of the year, I took my ashes to the Pacific Ocean in Berkeley, California to release them. And I tweaked my back that day. And by the next day, it was an excruciating pain. After my meetings that day, I found a chiropractor that had took mercy on me and uh, agreed to see me and she couldn't fix it. Then she said, I'm gonna test to see what's going on. Uh, it's called reflexology where they kind of test with the body what's going on. So she asked three simple questions. Is this a physical issue? And the answer came back was no. Is this a chemical issue? Answer came back, no. Then when she asked me, is this a emotional issue? And all of a sudden my body responded, hell yes. And she goes, when did this start? Yesterday. Did anything emotional happen yesterday? And I went, holy shit. For a year, I have deluded myself that everything's okay. And the wounds have gone so deep that I didn't allow myself. I didn't even go, I'm feeling depressed. I'll think about something positive. None of it happened. And that's when I started doing the healing process. So all of that brings me to we delude ourselves so easily and uh, it's easy for other people to see, like for some of your agents, you can probably see, you know, Hey, if Judy could be just a little bit more confident, she'd be a rock star and Judy can't see it herself. Uh, just so talk to me about blind spots. How, like if somebody really believes they don't have a problem, how do you get them to see the blind spot? Yeah. Or can you get them good, to see it? Good question. Well, first let me just acknowledge and sorry about your loss, by the way. Thank um, you. Blind spots are real. They are absolutely real. And I'll give you an example. We had a, I had a realtor come on board as a brand new agent in, um, in 2018. And her, what, what she was doing before real estate was she was doing social media marketing for mm. a number of different businesses. And uh, in fact, even when she came into real estate, she first started with one of the higher producing agents uh, and they were, she was doing her marketing. And then she came to me and said to me, you know, I'm thinking of going on my own. And I said, I think you should. And, um, and she says, but I just don't, I just don't think that I'm ready. I, I just don't think that I can do it, you know? And you could see the self doubt was there. And um, when I started with her, she, 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 she had never had a job where she was self-employed. She's always worked for someone else. She's always had someone else giving her things to do and she would just go and do them. And um, I, had, I had an entire year of working with her to overcome that self-doubt and that, that um, it, she just didn't believe within her, herself that she was capable or even deserving of this kind of success. And so the first year, she only made $24,000 as a real estate agent. Well, after that mindset shift finally changed, it took about 18 months where she finally had her aha moment and she got nice. a big, she got a big sale and um, and you can see that she started to recognize that maybe I can do this. Maybe I'm meant for this. Maybe I'm deserving of this. And as soon as her mind shifted and she accepted that now she's, well, she's right. Even um, last month, she was our top producing agent in our brokerage last month. <laughs> Congratulations. What's her name? Ruth Alexander. Hey, Ruth, congratulations. And we should actually <laughs> invite her on the show because mm -hmm. you know, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that's really amazing is people don't use language accidentally. We speak the truth more than we realize. And I'll give you a good example. 
somebody that's got those doubts about self and they end up closing a deal that's really important, you know what they say? The first thing they say, I don't believe it (laughs) because they don't. And sometimes they get the aha moment and they get the epiphany and they go. And sometimes they go out of their way to sabotage themselves to validate the beliefs that they have because beliefs are self-fulfilling prophecies. And if, you know, if I thought I was like incredibly handsome and attractive to women, uh, I would just show up differently. And if women looked at me a certain way, it would be like, well, of course. And if they looked at me another way, it's like, well, they don't get me. And if I mm-hmm. had a belief that, you know, I just don't get women, they don't like me. And then I'm going to find circumstances to validate that belief. And if somebody comes over, it's like, oh, they're just feeling sorry for me. So we need to be in the belief business as leaders is how do we identify the beliefs that our people have? Because most of those beliefs served us way back when, maybe, but they certainly don't serve us now. And so here's my personal philosophy. Rob, my greatest wish for you is for you to shine brightly. Because when you do that, you give permission to all the people around you to go on that journey as well. And I think when we live smaller lives, uh, we become the role model for people. It's like, oh, you know, just, uh, you know, be complacent, give it the old college try. Oh, well, I gave it a shot. And I think when people kind of reframe it like that, it's like, holy cow, you mean I'm holding my kids back? Because I tell them every night they can be everything they want. The kids don't care about what you say. They watch what you do. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. I, I, I think all of us, I don't care who you are, who don't necessarily realize the impact we have on others when uh, and what people watch and how they feel about themselves when they're around you. And I know I've had the good fortune of, of associating myself with some people who leave an impact on me and, and, and it's basically written a slate on my life. And that's one of the reasons I found success. And I remember uh, it was the first start of it was um, way back when, if you remember a wonderful gentleman by the name of Jim Rohn. Yep, definitely. Um, and Jim Rohn, I, I, I first went to see him in the early 90s. And I remember him saying, you know, he says, you could be the biggest idiot. Okay. He says, you could just be a complete Was idiot. he talking to you? I think he was. Actually, I believe me, I, I felt it because I was saying, I think I'm one of the biggest idiots in this room. Um, but he says, but if, if you would just hang out with people who are successful and who will give you positive energy, you will be successful. That's it. If you just did that, he says, you would find success. <laughs> so thank you. Hey, thank you for sharing that. And I was actually interviewing a realtor in uh, just uh, in Paris, Ontario not Paris, France, where we were really disappointed, but his name is Josh. And one of the things he said that was like, you know, if I go in a room and I'm the smartest guy in that room, I leave. Because I wanted to be in the room with smarter people than me, because that's where I learned. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, a lot of the wisdom that we have today is recycled many times over only because human beings don't change. Our toys change, but that human kind of connection with customers, bosses, family, spouses. Uh, that's why Shakespeare is still relevant today. It's not that we've got nostalgia. It's that the, the shit he's talking about happens in our new modern lives. And I think that's what we need to understand is that A, we are human. B, it's our responsibility to find our authentic, most powerful selves. And three, 
is to be of service to others. Yeah, that's well said. And, you know, one of the things uh, I really, really like is, or advice I like taking and like getting is, if you're feeling down on yourself today, it's really easy to fix. All you have to do is help someone. Go to a freaking soup kitchen, go on the street, help another agent, just through helping. Uh, it just changes your whole being. And so it's like a, a very, I want all of you to be selfish watching this. Help yourselves by helping others. <laughs> you know what? It's a really good, it's, you, you're right. it's a very good point that you just said. In fact, um, it really is one of the biggest reasons that I opened up my own brokerage is that I, I have thoroughly loved helping the agents in my brokerage find success. About half of them I've actually coached from the beginning of real estate school into a career. And, um, and I, and I just have, I, I get more out of that than anything that I do. And you see so your gear bang on because anytime I have those down moments or those frustrating days, there's just nothing better than reaching out to one of the agents and saying, Hey, who needs help today? I'm here to help you out. And, you know, we have some wonderful conversations. Sometimes there's laughter, sometimes there's tears, <laughs> you know, but uh, it, uh, it always has a great outcome. You know, one of the things that uh, really uh, amazes me is uh, a million years ago, I was doing tech support. I used to be in the tech industry and somebody would call up with this really tough problem and they would go, oh yeah, thanks for answering my phone. I've got this tough problem. Da, 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 da. And then they go, oh, and they would solve it themselves. And they thought I was a genius. And all I let them do is articulate the problem and the solution they already had. And it was just... When it's inside your own head, it's hard to spot, but when you verbalize for somebody else. So it always led me to kind of believe that, you know, many of the answers are here. And it's just having the ability to have a safe spot to have that conversation. And I think one of the things great leaders, great brokers provide is a non judgmental safe spot for people to articulate what's going on and sometimes you can help them because they need it and other times they just figure it out because it was a safe spot to kind of put everything in in perspective would you say that's a true statement or would it you modify true, it? in fact it, it's, it is a true statement in fact i i have a story that i could articulate this with if you want to hear my story i do um i was working with this gentleman a few years ago he was from poland and he was buying a house and um, he had went through a divorce. He was in a marriage for 20 years and, and first time buying on his own. Um, in the process of finding him a home, he had very particular things he was looking for. So we looked at a lot of homes, probably 40 houses, if I remember correctly. And, wow. I, remember that, and I remember we finally walked into this home and he, he was just so happy and excited. And, you know, and, um, uh, and I said to him, well, you know, did, would you like to make an offer? He says, yeah, let's make an offer. And so we drove back to my office. It was probably a 20 minute drive. And we get back to the office and I said, well, what would you like to offer? And he says, well, let's, let's, um, let's come in 10% below the ask price. And I said, well, I thought you liked the house. (laughs) 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 Um, Now, what I didn't know at the time, which I, I definitely understand even more today is during the process with this gentleman, he referenced his divorce a few times. You know, he'd, he'd say things like, he'd say things like, yeah, he says my, I'd, I'd have a higher budget, but you know, the ex got, uh, she got my pension. Um, you know, he, he would make these kind of comments and I, and I kind of discounted them a little bit. But when the negotiations started, I recognized, ah, I see what's going on. Um, you know, he's coming in with this low offer in a home that he likes. And you see the filter he was looking through 
was really this divorce. You could tell that he was, he had some resentment built up from this divorce. Yeah. And I don't think even he recognized it, you know, and here we are, this is a defining moment in his life. Here we are, you're moving forward with your life. You have a, a beautiful home that we have just found. You have an opportunity to have a fresh start and you have a home that you can be proud of and live in. And there's an opportunity here to really let go of the past and let's move on, you know? And it was interesting as we started this negotiation and a lot of conversations went back and forth. I can't remember everything that was said, but I literally asked him lots of questions. And I remember the defining moment. He says to me, you know, Rob, he says, I have a feeling that maybe I'm kind of just so angry about my divorce that's stopping me from making a good decision here. He says, I need to let go of that, don't I? <laughs> Bravo for him. Bravo for you getting him there. But you can't take him over that last inch. They have to do it themselves. And absolutely. And I, yeah. That's exactly what things, it was. Yeah. Nice. One of the things I, I help people really understand is this is that, uh, so I take them through an exercise where, you know, you're five years old and you want this bike and your parents buy you a used bike because that's what they can afford. Mm -hmm. And all these other things that happened to them and, uh, you know, it's their parents did it, it's their boss did it, it's this person did it. And the last thing I share with them is you're driving to work and somebody cuts you off in traffic and almost kills you. And then it's like, uh, you know, there's a really good chance that person doesn't even realize they cut you off mm -hmm. or, they know they cut you off and they're laughing at the cooler right now with their buddies. You should have seen the look on his face. And then they kind of realize that, wait a minute, on that driving thing, they're not holding on to it. They don't even remember. I'm holding on to the past. And what if all the other things that have happened, it's not my ex-wife holding on to it. It's me. And when people realize that, it's like, holy cow, why am I hurting myself that way? But it's hard to get that perspective when it feels real, when it's just like that bitterness is there. and if there was injustice there, which might be real or perceived, but if it's perceived, it's real to you. So, you know, you're one part business guy, two part psychiatrist, <laughs> one part salesperson. So Rob, uh, a few questions before we part company. We talked about blind spots and we all mm -hmm. have them. What's a particular skill set or uh, something you're working on that you, you know, the next version of Rob appears, what are you working on to make yourself better, stronger, faster? Yeah, well, that's that's a really good question. You know, I um, I think probably the the one the one blind spot that I've always had is I've I've always been very good with being able to connect with people and being able to present my service to people and you know and 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 understand who's in front of me. Mark the marketing side of this business, uh, which is you know it's it's forever changing. And um, I think sometimes I, I, I have to work on, continually work on recognizing what kind of marketing will actually work. What is the, what is the marketing for today? And, and get a little bit out of my comfort zone when it comes to that. And that's a little bit of my blind spot. And I think that's an area that I can continually work on. And um, yeah. rather, than, rather than look at the, I can't look at marketing through my own eyes and what necessarily is how I see we should do things. It's like, well, what is what most people are seeing and how do they want it done? So ah, there, there's, my, there's my better, stronger, faster. Good on you, mate. And that's my, yeah. that's my bad Aussie accent. Uh, <laughs> uh, last few questions, Rob, what makes you happy? Oh, brings you know, you joy? 
you said it earlier, it's just it's actually helping people is really what brings me the most joy. I, I get more out of that than anything else. I, um, I, I, I think uh, I learned that at a very early age that um, if you help enough people get what they want, you ultimately get what you want. Ah, absolutely. Words to live by. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's one tip you'd like to share with the, uh, the world, that, like a mind hack that would allow them to be more productive, more efficient, sexier, sleep better? Uh, what would be the thing you'd like to uh, share? <laughs> I, I would say, um, if, if, you, if, you, if you went into your Google calendar every week and put the, the, the one thing that you love doing the most first in your calendar before anything else, your life will change. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a brilliant advice. And Rob, is there any question I should have asked you that I did not? No, you asked some great questions. It's been a joy being on your on your podcast today. Thanks for having me. Um, you asked great questions. It, uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's a feel-good podcast, and I hope it inspires everybody. It certainly inspired me today. Ah, brilliant. Thank you so much for being on the show, Rob. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Sounds great. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 